This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, one of the members of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association. We're the state's largest teachers union, representing more than 120,000 K-12 teachers, education support professionals, and higher ed faculty in Ohio. And that means at least some of what we do involves collective bargaining agreements. Those are the contracts between local education associations and their employers laying out the working conditions for educators and the learning conditions for the students they serve. Some agreements can be reached quickly, with both sides coming to the table ready to compromise and find solutions that work best for everyone. Sometimes, negotiations can take a long time, and federal mediators have to be brought in to get conversations moving productively again. A little later in this episode, we're going to take a closer look at one district where that was recently the case. Of course, in very rare cases, and only as a last resort, failed negotiations can lead to a strike. In fall 2020, Ohio saw two different locals strike at the same time, really a first in recent memory. One was the OEA chapter of Youngstown State University. The other was the Gehanna Jefferson Education Association in an eastern suburb of Columbus. So let's bring in Betsy Baker, the Gahanna Jefferson Education Association spokesperson during that crisis, for a closer look at how it all went down. Betsy, thank you so much for joining us for this edition of Education Matters. For our listeners who aren't familiar with the situation there, can you give us a brief refresher on the timeline of events? When did your contract expire? When did you have to strike? And how long were you off the job before it was all sorted out? Our last contract expired on June 30th, so at the end kind of of last school year, essentially. Um, We always, if our contract expires and we don't have a new agreement, we continue to move forward and kind of work under the previous agreement. As we all know, 2020 brought us a pandemic, and so there was just a lot to be negotiated in that contract. And um, as things went on, as the the new school year started through the summer, through the fall, our bargaining team just came back to our members and said, we're not making progress in the things that we think are important. And so um, it became apparent towards the end of September that we were really not making progress in this. um, And we were set to come back to school in October with students. And the majority of our issues centered around that back to school plan. And so we quickly went into action and we had a professional development day on a Monday. And it was that night that we voted to go on strike. And so we were then on strike Tuesday through Friday Um, An agreement was reached on Saturday afternoon, and then we voted on Sunday to end the strike and ratify that, that contract. Now, I'm glad you brought up the pandemic issues being at the center of this. There is that common misconception that collective bargaining negotiations and the crises that sometimes arise from them, they always center around financial issues, the teacher salaries, the pensions, things like that. But in this case, Those issues had been sorted out long before it had gotten to that crisis point. If I remember correctly, safety was really that biggest issue you guys were fighting over. What what was that all about? You're right. Uh, I think the the typical things that you hear strikes 
from teachers um, was not one of the big issues for us. It was about the safety, equity, and success of our students, and then ultimately of the teachers as well. There were a few components with safety, primarily in the back-to-school model. Um, We were being presented with a model where um, students that were at home, whether they were the hybrid, like at-home days, or full-time distance learners, would just live stream into class every day. And so if you think about that, that's just sitting a a kid in front of a computer screen all day, not able to interact with his or her peers. There's a lot of things that can go wrong with live streaming. I mean, I think we've all read news stories already this year about, I mean, terrible events that, that children have witnessed, inappropriateness. Like we had a lot of situations, um, And we collected a lot of stories to present that these are the things that are happening. And this is when a teacher is fully devoted to that online platform. Um, But we had a lot of instances where mics weren't muted and classes heard, you know, like almost like verbal abuse of students, which again is not, it's not okay. Um, It's definitely not okay for that student, but we also don't need everybody else in the room hearing that. I mean, that's, that's very traumatic for the child that is, it's happening to in more than one way. Um, we had situations where there were, um, you know, nudity or exposure on camera, sometimes by a student and sometimes by a knowing or unknowing adult in the background. Um, so again, things that no matter the age of your child should not be happening during a school setting. And um, we were being asked to use the Google Meet platform, which is fine, but we don't have the capability to turn off cameras or to, to quickly, you know, end that session. And so um, we needed to make sure that those protocols were in place before that happened. Um, But there was also some safety issues just with cleanliness and safety of the physical environment of bringing kids back to school. Is everyone going to be distanced? What is the PPE protocol? How are we handling positive cases? And why was it important that that was part of your contract? Was it not something that you could just, you know, let's all agree to this? You know, we can say like, oh, yeah, you know, our our, um, administration can say, yeah, we've got your back. You know, but until it's in writing and we have something to fall back on, that can change at any moment. Ultimately, you ended up having to go on strike to make sure that your voices were heard and that the administration was coming to the bargaining table ready to make a deal. Those days were hard. Those days on the picket Mm -hmm. line. and, And that was me taking a small part in it. It was cold for that time of year. Those were long days, and it's, it's very emotionally draining on the educators who are out there who just want to be in the classrooms with their students. Can you walk me through how you were feeling on those days? So to be honest, I was extremely busy during those days being the spokesperson for, for um, all of our members and for our association, but it was kind of like the tale of, of two you know stories, tale of two ends. Um, it was definitely, like you said, it's exhausting, it's draining, it's, a, it's very mentally tough to be out there and knowing what you were doing. Um, but at the same time, there were these awesome things that came out of it. And I know that sounds really bad, like that we think it was such a good thing. Like, I just think that, you know, there's a silver lining to everything. It was a really, really 
um, remarkable experience for our staff members to be able to stand on the line with each other. So just alone in our high school, where I teach at the high school in our district, we have over 150 teachers. So there are teachers that, that people don't know. Um, outside of your department, you're lucky if you get to talk to someone from other departments on a, a regular basis. And so I think we came out of that experience feeling very bonded together, getting the opportunity to truly do something as a united front. I also was lucky enough to truly stand on the lines with people from other buildings. We had over 500 people standing on the line um, and just being able to represent everyone to hear their stories and hear what has happened to them just, just really also, I think, energized me and made me um, walk away from the situation feeling like we truly did what we thought was right and fought for what we thought was right. And I saw so many community members come out and agree with yes. you that you were fighting for what was right. People dropping off food, people honking as they're going by, people stopping by to say they supported you. What difference do you think that made for you guys? You know, you question when you're standing out there in the cold, in the rain, like, you know, am I, is this really what I should be doing? And when community members, when parents, when students are standing there with you saying like, yeah, you're doing the right thing, um, it definitely keeps you going in those times. And then ultimately you guys were able to reach that tentative agreement. When you got that news, what was going through your mind? I think there was a lot of relief. <laughs> um, also a lot of um, excitement, really grateful and thankful to our bargaining team that put in hours upon hours during, I mean, the whole process, but really even in those, those couple weeks leading up to the strike and the week of the strike, I think just in those three weeks, they were at the table like 70 something hours. I'm just really grateful for, for the time that they put in, for the support from our community, and just pretty excited to get back in the classroom with our students. I mean, that's what we wanted to do. You know, no one gets into education to not teach their students. We want to be in the classroom with our students. That's why we stood there. And so that Monday, we were able to do that. We were able to be back with them. Aside from your job as a spokesperson in this, your normal classroom job, you're a high school teacher. Um, mm -hmm. You're a product of the district. What mm -hmm. made you want to step up into this role to be the face of this crisis when we're talking about what the community learned as they were learning it? So to be honest, um, I, I mean, I'm a pretty loud person. So, and I also know a lot of people. So I think that's how maybe I got, uh, I don't want to say suckered into being the spokesperson, but <laughs> kind of nominated is the word. Um, I really volunteered to be part of our um, contract action team, which we called the CAT team. We needed to take some of the the weight of this off of our bargaining team. And so I volunteered to do that because I thought, you know what, if, if I'm going to um, talk the talk, I need to walk the walk. I need to put in my time. Um, I'm in a situation where I can do that. Um, I want to help reach this agreement. And so I went to the first meeting, I introduced myself. And then before, no, before I knew it, I was being asked if I wanted to be the spokesperson. Um, and I kind of thought, well, that's a pretty good job for me. And so I accepted that role and I feel like it's just kind of one that's never going to leave me now. And I'm glad it's not because I like calling on you and I like <laughs> getting your perspective. Betsy, thank you so much for sharing your perspective with us. No problem. Thank you for having me. 
Teresa Waddell is another teacher who was thrust into that spokesperson role as negotiations appeared to stall out in her district. She's an elementary school intervention specialist in the Switzerland of Ohio district, a sprawling rural district in southeastern Ohio. Carissa, welcome to Education Matters. First of all, let me offer a huge congratulations to the Switzerland of Ohio Education Association on reaching a contract deal with the district late last year. It looked like it was touch and go there for a while, after months of impasse on the negotiations, and there was even that vote to issue a 10-day strike notice if necessary. Those had to have been some very stressful days for the teachers. Yes, absolutely. Our teachers came into this crisis situation already very overwhelmed and exhausted. We were just beginning to learn the ins and outs of teaching during the COVID-19 pandemic, and then this happened. Our teachers felt disheartened and unappreciated. It was unbelievable to think a fair contract agreement that supported our students was not achievable in a timely manner. The idea of being outside of our classrooms and away from our students any more than we already had been was a pretty difficult thought. However, we knew that no matter what, we had to stand in solidarity to reach a fair contract agreement that would benefit all of our students. And the Switzerland of Ohio Education Association had a ton of community support in that, especially in those last days of the crisis, as the tensions continued to escalate. Let's take a listen to a clip from WTOV9 on December 10th as they were covering a huge community rally for the teachers. Rich Kate, I am here at the district office where, as you can hear behind me, the Switzerland of Ohio Education Association is rallying for a fair contract. I'm going to step aside to show you the crowd in front of the district office right now. You can hear as people pass by, they are honking their horns. People have signs saying, stand with SOEA, and they are chanting. So talk me through that night. What was it like for you to see so many people from across the area come out to say they had your back? The simplest way to put it is that evening was absolutely incredible. A crisis situation is always so tough, but this one evening is isolated in that we were uplifted by our community, and it was truly powerful. Our crisis team worked hard to organize that socially distanced showing of solidarity, but we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we were hopeful for a good turnout. I was absolutely blown away. Over 200 people gathered to support SOEA. There were community members, um, other local associations came out to show their support. The most moving of all of it was to see our students standing in front of the courthouse and marching alongside everyone. There is one thing that the entire district could agree on, and that was that we all wanted what was best for our students. That rally, it felt like a turning point in the negotiations for SOEA and the district. You had been through so much to get to that point, and then when the community turned out like that, it really turned a corner. Here's what school board member Jerry Gust said to WTOV9 that night. They're working out their, their tails off trying to make our kids get an education. I just love it, and I support them 100%. I think they need to be brought up to the other schools in the district and their salaries should be the same. And I, I know we got the money. Now, heading into these contract negotiations, Switzerland of Ohio's starting salary for teachers was one of the lowest in the state. Obviously, making more money would be nice, but it was really an imperative to raise the salaries for the sake of your students. Why? At the center of our entire crisis was our students. We have to be able to offer competitive salaries and benefits to attract and retain qualified educators 
to provide a high quality education for our students. Our district is geographically the largest in the state. Even with this, there are many highly qualified educators who make really long drives to neighboring districts for much higher pay. Switzerland of Ohio local school district has been called a good place to start your career. We knew we wanted to be more than just that. We wanna be a great place to spend your entire career. We want teachers to feel fairly treated when they do retire. Most importantly, we knew that we had to retain qualified teachers to be in all of our classrooms teaching quality material to all of our students. On the upside, our contract was recently ratified by both SOEA and the school board, and we are so thankful for this. It is a huge step in the right direction for both SOEA and the Switzerland of Ohio Local School District. I love that you put it that way. It's a huge step in the right direction. Congratulations again on getting that fair contract ratified. Krista, thank you for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. And thank you for joining us for Education Matters. Make sure you subscribe to Education Matters wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a thing. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future episodes, send me an email at educationmatters@ohea.org. You can also connect with the Ohio Education Association anytime on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at OhioEA. That's O-H-I-O-E-A. We'll see you next time. Until then, stay well. Stay well.